Hi there listeners. Welcome to episode 81 of Never in the Backfoot podcast. This is me Neha Shetty and I'm so glad to have you all listening in. This episode is all about the recently concluded ODI series that featured South Africa take on India. Although India ended on the losing side by conceding all the three games, there are still some positives that we can take away and talking points that we can deliberate upon. Without further ado, let's kick start the discussion by talking about the summary of the ODI games. First ODI highlights. India's inexperienced middle order wasn't up to the task as South Africa went one up in the ODI series by beating India by 31 runs in the first ODI. Temba Bavuma scored a crucial 110 of 143 balls while Rassi van der Dussen blasted an unbeaten 129 of 96 to lift South Africa from 68 for 3 to close to 296 for 4. The duo added 204 runs for the fourth wicket. For India, it was Jasprit Bumrah and Ravichandran Ashwin who were among the wicket takers. India eventually ended at 265 for 8 with Shikhar Dhawan top scoring with 78. Brief scores: South Africa 296 for 4 in 50 overs. Rassi van der Dussen 129 not out. Temba Bavuma 110. Jasprit Bumrah 2 for 48. India 265 for 8 in 50 overs. Shikhar Dhawan 79. Virat Kohli 51. Felix Guayo 2 for 26. Second ODI. South Africa defeated India by seven wickets in the second ODI to win the three-match ODI series. In the chase of 288, Prochia openers Quinton Decock and Yaniman Malan added 132 runs for the first wicket and later Rassi van der Dussen and Aidan Markram added 74 runs for the fourth wicket that guided South Africa to victory. Jasprit Bumrah, Yusi Chahal and Shardul Thakur picked one wicket each for India. Earlier, the visitors posted 287 for 6 in 50 overs with half centuries from Rishabh Pant and KL Rahul. Pant and Rahul added 115 runs for the third wicket which was the defining partnership of the Indian batting. Rahul also added 63 runs for the first wicket with Shikhar Dhawan. In the end there was a good 48 run partnership between Ravichandran Ashwin and Shardul Thakur in the last 7 overs. Shardul was brilliant with the bat again as he scored some crucial runs. For South Africa, Tabrez Shamsi picked up 2 wickets while Sisanda Magala Aidan Markram Keshav Maharaj got one wicket each. Third ODI highlights. Temba Bavuma led South Africa defeated India by 4 runs at Newlands and they swept the series 3-0. Chasing a stiff 288, KL Rahul and Shikhar Dhawan hit a couple of boundaries each before Lungi Ngiri dismissed the Indian skipper on 9 to provide his team an early breakthrough. Then Virat Kohli and Shikhar Dhawan put on 96 runs for the second wicket before Felix Guayo sent the latter packing on 61. Rishabh Pant then got out in the first ball as the hosts fought their way back into the contest. However, Kohli continued on his merry way, notching up his 64th ODI 50. But the former India captain failed to go big as he was soon dismissed by Keshav Maharaj on 65. Magala then broke a crucial 39-run stand between Shreyas Iyer and Suryakumar Yadav by dismissing the former on 26. Suryakumar too didn't last long as he was dismissed for 39. Deepak Chahar showed resistance and almost put India tantalizingly close to win as he scored a 34 ball 54 however his valiant display went in vain as india lost the game by four runs 
Obviously, the loss was very heartbreaking, but it becomes imperative to break down India's loss. I mean, coming to the ODIs after a disappointing test series loss to South Africa, India was expected to bounce back, but their performance further degraded in the white ball series. They lost the first game by 31 runs and the second game by 7 wickets while coming so close to victory in the third ODI. Meanwhile, a resilient South Africa put on a splendid show and also punched above their weight on several occasions to surprise fancied India. KL Rahul's questionable captaincy Now, the captaincy of KL Rahul during the series had been extremely mediocre. From field placements to the bowling changes, the decisions taken on the ground by Rahul were ineffective. KL Rahul also failed to show faith in his players. Now, trust and faith have been some missing elements in the Indian cricket ecosystem for some time. Let's take the case of Bhuvneshwar Kumar. Now, during the second ODI, he went for 16 runs and he was immediately replaced by Ravi Chandran Ashwin. And the similar lack of inexperience and faulty judgment in his captaincy was evident when he removed Shadul Thakur from bowling, despite the medium pacer claiming the wicket of Quinton de Kock in the previous over. Now, if KL Rahul didn't want to use newbie Venkatesh Iyer as a bowler in the first ODI, he should have probably asked the team management for a pure batter that clearly makes your batting deep and stronger. Clearly, role definition was missing and the Indians did nothing to fix it. Apart from that, Rahul also failed to encourage his men during those wicketless sessions in the game. No offence to KL Rahul, but the additional energy is something that the Indian team clearly lacked and that was something that Virat Kohli actually brought to the table with his captaincy. The poor performance of majority of Indian players, especially Virat Kohli's application during some of his dismissals, further dented Rahul's thinking process. Failure of Indian spinners Despite the Boland Park pitch in PAL having a fair amount of help for spinners, the Indian duo of UZ Chahal and R. Ashwin just managed to take one wicket so far in the series. And it was worth noting that the bowlers have bowled you know, their complete quota of overs and still couldn't be effective. Ashwin's economy of over six also explains how pathetic the white ball series has been for him. On the other hand, when you look at Tabrez Shamsi, he topped the list of highest wicket takers with four to his credit. Even Keshav Maharaj and off-break bowler like Aidan Markram have taken two wickets apiece, that too with an economy of less than five. This is clearly... Oh, tale that indicates some troubles. Lack of batting partnerships. Now, in the first ODI, India had scored 265 runs, losing 8 wickets. While in the following game, they scored 287 runs for the loss of 6 wickets. If we remove the ninth wicket partnership, you know, Shardul Thakur and Jaspreet Bumrah in the first ODI, and the 7th wicket stand, Shardul Thakur and R. Ashwin in the second game, India lost a wicket every 30-second run. Now, that piece of statistics will certainly look worse if we remove the Shikhar Dhawan-Virat Kohli partnership of 92 runs in the first ODI and the KL Rahul Rishabh Pan partnership of 115 runs in the second ODI. Lack of support to Bumrah. Three wickets at an economy of 4.25 substantiates Jasprit Bumrah's supremacy over the opponents in the series, but he lacked support from the other end. Whenever Bumrah tried to create some pressure on the opposition batters by choking their runs, bowlers from the other end managed to leak runs. Now, Bumrah's agony can be understood from the fact that he's the only Indian in the top seven wicket takers in the series. Rest all were South Africans. Meanwhile, the collective economy of all the other Indian bowlers stands at 6.17 in comparison to Bumrah's astonishing 4.25. Lack of clarity with respect to our all-rounders. Now, while Shardul Thakur has failed to impress with the ball, 
with an economy of 7.13 and just one wicket, Venkatesh Iyer, 24 runs in batting and zero wickets in bowling, has been a complete failure. More than the runs, IPL 2021 star Venkatesh Iyer's short selection and dismissals will definitely worry, you know, the Indian camp going ahead. Clearly, IPL and international cricket are not the same thing. And the sooner Venkatesh Iyer understands that, it will help his India future. On the other hand, Shardul Thakur may have scored useful runs lower down the order, but he clearly missed his line in length in bowling regularly and has been expensive, considering he is a bowling all-rounder. Let's also reflect on KL Rahul's suited batting position. After finding success at number 5 in ODIs, KL Rahul moved back to the top of the order in South Africa, partnering Shikhar Dhawan in Rohit Sharma's absence. Versatility is perhaps KL Rahul's biggest asset as a batter. He can blow one away with his spectacular range of stroke play early on or just play the silent enforcer, often he's criticised for that too, guarding one end to see off a storm. Against South Africa at Boland Park, the other Rahul was on display. He was operating at a pace that was probably a little too sluggish to expect from him. And besides uh, an opening partner like Shikhar Dhawan, you need that acceleration. And India was looking to level the series, but Rahul appeared to be in his own shell. There was no temptation to set the tone early, despite wavering lengths from the hosts. Now, Rahul's stats at number 5 are quite impressive and he can be considered, you know, to play there. He has played 10 matches, averages 55.67 and strikes at 113.81. This clearly proves the versatility that he is highly rated for among his peers. The flexibility that he brings is unparalleled when we look at his contemporaries. As an opener, he has 884 runs in 21 matches at 46.52 and a strike rate of 80.58. This would mean either one from Shreyas Iyer or Surya Kumar Yadav will have to sit out or even both. However, Rahul could prove to be the X-factor that is missing from the current Indian middle order. After 10 overs, he ambled to 21 of 30 and while it meant that India had wickets in hand, it also meant that there was more work to be done in the middle overs to push them towards a total that was worth defending. After 25 overs, Rahul was still there, having moved to 45 and he was striking at a dismal 73. India dragged forward and Rahul kept chipping away. If it weren't for Rishabh Pant's free-flowing 50, the innings could have definitely fallen into a rut. He eventually departed for, you know, a very low score in the 32nd over. Considering the way he was striking at 69.62, 55 was clearly very disappointing. India added 104 runs in the last 18 overs, but it wasn't enough to save the series. Now, when we look at Indian batters, right, with 10 plus innings at number 5, KL Rahul's average is the highest as is his strike rate. At that position, Rahul has little freedom to put on a shield. The need to bring out shots early that has seen Rahul handle attacks with contempt, the dynamism adding a different dimension to the middle order. Now, it remains to be seen what happens when Rohit Sharma returns. Will KL Rahul slot himself in the middle order again or keep his opening spot at the expense of Shikhar Dhawan, who's had a good series? Whichever way it goes, going by his recent form and statistics, it looks like more sense in keeping him as an attacking package at number 5. Who can play the all-rounder role? In Pandya's absence, India has tried Venkatesh Iyer as the sixth bowling option but just didn't give him a single over in the first ODI. He bowled five in the second before being left out for the third. Shardul Thakur, who scored 50 not out and 40 not out in the first two ODIs while playing as seam bowling all-rounders, have been impressive. 
I think one of the few positives that India can take from the series also has to be Deepak Chahar. His performance with the bat in the last ODI was astonishing. When India was chasing 288 and you know at one stage we were 223 for 7, Chahar was playing the first match of his series and the confidence with which he was striking the ball helped him with this knock. That 54 was crucial that took us close to the game and he did pull off a similar chase in Sri Lanka but here India fell short by 4 runs. India went into the ODI series you know against south africa with the mindset of you know starting to build the team for the 2023 world cup but not only did we lose the series 3-0 we are probably no closer to finding solutions for what ails us in this format over the last couple of years india hasn't had a single wicket taking threat you know in the bowling the middle order hasn't come to the fore when needed and we haven't had this regular sixth bowling option which is really hurting us all these issues continue to haunt us in south africa as well Let's have a close look at the batting department. Now in the batting department, KL Rahul opened the innings in the absence of Rohit Sharma despite having achieved great success at number 4 and 5 in the last two years. The move though opened up a middle order slot and India has tried Shreyas Iyer, Surya Kumar Yadav and a bunch of people. Now Shreyas Iyer batted at number 5 in all three ODIs and on each occasion he had the time to build his innings and India would have hoped for better than scores of 17, 11 and 26 especially in the first and the third match when they needed him to steer the chase. Dravid said after the series that if the players were, you know, being given an extended run, he'd expect really big performances from them. Shreyas clearly failed in that aspect. Now as far as Rishabh Pant is concerned, his 85 of 71 in the second ODI was arguably, you know, the best knockman in in the series. With India having lost Shikhar Dhawan and Virat Kohli in quick succession, Pant presented a rare chance of, you know, this rebuilding the innings and he was striking at almost 120. Once Rohit Sharma returns, Rahul can probably move down the order, lending the middle order a little more stability and experience. Once he and Pant get together, they do promise a solution. What is happening to India in the power plays? Now, India's power play game clearly lacks intent as the Indian batters come under the scanner for their lackluster approach. After witnessing KL Rahul knock part-time off spinner Aiden Markram around for singles and twos in the power play, many urged India to you know do away with this anchor role and maximize the field restrictions and make the most of the conditions. perhaps role specific approach is the way forward now in india's case it has mostly been about how a set batter from the top 3 always plays this herculean role in ensuring that the team continues to bat in the chase and rally the team towards the target now we have witnessed on numerous occasions right that the top 3 don't fire then india's conservative approach on the top leaves the middle order too much to ask for while the team may argue that they didn't have their prime finishers in south africa Uh, during the South African ODIs the fact that they played Shreyas Iyer Surya Kumar Yadav at 5 and 6 respectively when they bat for their state or IPL teams at 3 or 4 is maybe something to ponder upon the move to bat Iyer and Sky at 5 and 6 sounds more baffling due to the fact that India promoted Rishabh Pant who was one of the most explosive batters at number 4 i mean where is the rationale there the move to try out in form all-rounder Venkatesh Iyer as a finisher also did not go as per plans with the KKR opener getting dropped from the final ODI now when you have elite teams who have moved towards you know fielding role specific players for limited overs cricket india keeps moving back to the age old theory of you know stuffing leading scorers from domestic teams into the lineup and just adding them 
The Indian team in the past has been hurt badly due to the lack of bowling options, but the emergence of Shardul Thakur and Deepak Chahar has highlighted why you know having multi-skilled players is all the more important and they need to be invested in even more. Is strike rate really not that big of a concern? Now this Indian batting lineup has developed a habit of falling prey to soft dismissals or slogging, you know, after putting itself under pressure. This has caused India the T20 World Cup and so many World Cups when we look back. Now this is something that has hindered them in the ODIs as well. Rahul has scored at a sub 70 strike rate. Dhawan was a little better at 76 plus. Shreyas Iyer and Venkatesh Iyer's strike rates were 78 and 66 respectively. This is clearly 1990s cricket. Only Pant, Shardul Thakur and Ashwin scored their runs at 100 plus strike rates but it clearly wasn't enough. Is India not making full use of Surya Kumar Yadav? Now India's non-use of Surya Kumar Yadav in the two ODIs was a result of conservative thinking. The team management did the right thing by sticking to Venkatesh Iyer, but a player like Surya Kumar Yadav is you know an absolute asset to the team in the shorter formats if he's played at the right slot it is for the think tank to decide who among the specialist batters should make you know their way for him yadav's 360 degree batting provides the x factor and keeps the bowlers on their toes he's innovative enough to not slog his way out of trouble and he's clearly the need for india in the middle order batters not converting their starts Even in batting, India have had their troubles, especially in the middle order, as we have previously discussed as well. Now, when you look at KL Rahul, Virat Kohli, Shikhar Dhawan, they boast of an average of over forty in each of their innings that they've played. And in the last two years, it has just been wonderful. Only Dhawan is in the top ten run getters list during this time frame. Now, while their batters have managed thirty-two half centuries in the last fifteen matches, there have been only three centuries. Two by Rahul alone and one by Shreyas Iyer. Kohli has managed seven fifties and Dhawan six, but they failed to make it big, and this has been a cause for concern. Unsettled and fragile middle order. Now, another major contributing factor to India's recent string of losses has been their unsettled middle order. Rishabh Pant, a designated finisher, has been given a go at number four, and when you have your specialist number four Ayer in the eleven, it just defied logic. In the final ODI, when both Sky and Ayer were in the playing eleven, Pant was still persisted with at four. While his eighty-five in the second ODI is not being underestimated here, and it did come from the same spot, he pulled the trigger way too early in the third ODI, and he perished in the very first ball. Not to blame him for the shot, but Rishabh Pant has been known for that flamboyant style of play. Now that is best suited at number five or probably at number six, while Ayer and Yadav's are run before. However, if India want to continue with Pant at four, they should go with the option of having Rahul at five, with either Dhawan, Rotharaj Gaikwad, or even someone like a Prithvi Shaw to partner someone like Rohit Sharma. Shaw and Gaikwad's names have come here. to you know provide some dynamism in the early stages and provide that solidity at the top of the order let's have a quick look at the individual performances kl rahul 76 runs at 25.33 high score of 55 and 150 the karnataka batter did not have the best of the series in his first as odi captain he decided to open the innings and was not very effective Shikhar Dhawan 169 runs at 56.33 high score of 79 and 250s 
The Delhi opener clearly impressed. He got to start in each of the games he played and kept India's chase alive with partnerships. And that crucial partnership with Kohli in the first and the third ODIs clearly was the highlight. Virat Kohli, 116 runs at 38.66, high score of 65 and 250s. Virat Kohli didn't disappoint in his first series since he was removed from ODI captaincy. However, he couldn't quite capitalize on the good starts to get India beyond the finish line. Rishabh Pant, 101 runs at 33.66, high score of 85 and 150. Among all of the knocks that India did play during the series, the one that Pant played in the second ODI was brilliant. But he did disappoint in the other two matches of the series. His blistering innings in the second ODI, a first ball dismissal in the third, showcased his, you know, live by the sport, die by the sport philosophy. Shreyas Iyer, 54 runs at 18, high score of 26. Undoubtedly, it was a disappointing series for Iyer, and he failed in what could have been a good opportunity for him to cement his place in the ODI side. Surya Kumar Yadav, 39 runs at 39, high score of 39. Surakumar Yadav featured in the third ODI and added some initiative to the chase when India were up against it. Venkatesh Iyer, 24 runs at 12, 0 wickets. The Madhya Pradesh player was brought in as this coveted all-rounder who should have been India's sixth bowling option but was given just five overs in the series. He failed to impress with the bat as well. Let's now focus on the bowling department. The wicket-taking threat issue is worth looking into a little deeper since it's an aspect that helped India during their ODI game between 2017 and 19. Since 2019 World Cup, though they have had the worst average and the worst economy in the power play, one possible reason for this could be Bhuvaneshwar Kumar who's been blowing hot and cold in his appearances between injuries. The teams meanwhile have also found a way to negotiate Jaspreet Bumrah without giving him wickets up front. Ashwin did make an ODI comeback, this was after more than 4 years in South Africa, but he didn't present the point of difference India might have been after. India, however, did seem to you know, show some sort of awareness that they need to hit the wicket harder, something that England and Australia tend to do for wickets in the middle overs and went for their tallest bowler in Prasid Krishna when it came to experimenting. They fared slightly better in the third ODI with a change of personnel and strategy. Deepak Chahar came in for Bhuvaneshwar and struck early with the new ball. In the middle overs, the Indian seamers bowled much shorter lengths as compared to the first two ODIs. With the ball holding into the pitch, they picked two wickets with the short ball. Now, it will be interesting to see in the coming series what combination the Indian think tank prefers. The Spinner's Conundrum during the series, the Indian spinners were outbowled by their South African counterparts. While Dravid didn't single out the spinners, he did say that taking wickets in the middle overs was something that the team needed to work on. Now, when we look at individual performances, Ravi Chandran Ashwin just picked up one wicket at 121. It was definitely not a great series for Ashwin, and this was his first ODI outing in more than four years. Uvaneshwar Kumar with zero wickets, he was expensive and clearly ineffective in his first two games. Shardul Thakur won wicket at 107 and those crucial 90 unbeaten runs. Shardul didn't do well in his primary role but he batted with intent scoring runs at a healthy strike rate of 111.11. Deepak Chahar 2 wickets at 26.5 and 54 unbeaten runs. Now the Rajasthan bowler did impress with the ball providing India 2 early breakthroughs in the form of Yanivan Malan and Aidan Markram in Cape Town. He was also spectacular with the bat, hitting a wonderful half-century during the run chase to keep it alive. Jayant Yadav, 0 wickets at, and 2 runs at 2. 
the economic off spinner did replace ashwin in the final odi but he went wicketless and it was quite disappointing prasid krishna three wickets at 19.66 best bowling figures of 3 for 59 picked for the third odi he was able to get some wickets towards the end of the south africa innings but he still needed some game time Yuzi Chahal two wickets at 73.5 best bowling figures of 1 for 47 Chahal did bowl with a decent economy rate but he got only two wickets in three ODIs Jaspreet Bumrah five wickets at 27.4 best bowling figures of 2 for 48 now he was clearly India's premier bowler he was the pick of his team's bowling attack he impressed in circumstances where other bowlers clearly struggled and was the highest wicket taker for his side Let's focus on the takeaways for South Africa. South Africa will take more than the series sweep than just the win. Though that is of course the most important thing. This is only their second ODI series win out of their last 5 completed series and both of them have been clean sweeps having beaten South Africa 3-0 at home in early 2020. But this is also a series of important comebacks. Lungi and Gidi's bowling consistency, Temba Baguma and Rassi Vanderdussen's runs which included much needed centuries, it headlined the last 4 weeks. But there are two other important contributions from the ODIs that should not go unacknowledged. We're looking at Quinton De Kock and Felo Coelho, who were really consistent and the top run scorer and the leading wicket taker of the ODI series, respectively, against India, came out on top, and they really. showed what they can bring to the table and this clearly bodes well for the way south africa are building and cementing their place in this format with this we draw curtains on the episode that served as a review of the odi series featuring india and south africa thank you so much for tuning into this episode and your support is really appreciated please follow and press the bell icon on spotify and subscribe to the podcast on google podcasts for the latest episode updates and stay tuned do check out @never_on_the_back_foot on instagram and @never_on_the_back1 on twitter for the latest facts trivia retweets fresh tweets and a lot more that's coming up this cricket season just for you the podcast is also available on apple podcast google podcast spotify anchor overcast and a lot of other platforms so please do spread the word also feel free to share your thoughts and suggestions for the already published episodes and recommendations for future topics do share this episode widely and your support is really appreciated see you next time listeners cheers stay safe and take care bye for now